On this episode of The Clappers, we talk about heaps of stuff, but most importantly, we talk about Her Royal Highness, The Princess Margaret, and the book Mom Darling by Craig Brown. And we talk about Ben Affleck's uh, kind of painful and painfully honest portrayal of alcoholism in a film called The Way Back. And we talk about Giri Haji, which is also known as Duty Shame, a Japanese-English thriller on Netflix. And an excellent American film called Queen and Slim. That's all on this scintillating episode of The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. Two men trapped in a tiny enclosed space for an indeterminate period of time with no means of egress. I refer, of course, to a film that we've already talked about, so I won't talk about it again, other than to say it is both disgusting and hilarious, and I can't think of a more enjoyable 109 minutes at the moment, at this point in history, for you to enjoy at the cinema. So I, You're not going to name it, but I yeah. am. Hey, you're talking about The your, Lighthouse. That's your job, right? Did you like it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was disgusting. It was – there was one – point where I had to look away from the screen and and the great thing about this film is that everybody will have their own special point where they will have to look away from the screen it'll be different for each person mine was uh, I, don't, I can't say really because it will give something away you but can say it's been out long enough it's it's where there's a, a, a certain amount of shoveled earth being poured over a, a gentleman or not a gentleman a, a salty sea dog's face and he's still talking while it just gives me the oh. <laughs> ah, it's all going in his mouth and his face and his eyes and it's just horrible to look at. But other than that, I, I kept my eyes open for everything else. Uh, I think if I had a, a I can't look moment, mm. it was probably when uh, Robert Pattinson throws the buckets of poop off I the love edge that. of the cliff. Oh, and, that was and that the was wind like blows a, them straight an, back That was over like a, a, a black and white um, uh, Terry Tunes or, or Frizz Frelling or Merry Melodies. One of the very very harmonising. They were they were the guys harmon and icing. Those black those. St- does jokes that you see coming a hundred miles yes, a hundred miles away, and mm. it was great and hilarious, and I was very happy to see. That, yeah, I didn't have to look away from that at all. I'm glad you finally got to see it, mm. and yeah, I'm glad you too. enjoyed it. Speaking of films, mm. the way back. This is Ben Affleck oh, playing an al- God, alcoholic. That looked just, oh. but it's not, isn't it? Good, no, good. It's, it's actually pretty. Disabuse me. I'll disabuse you. Uh, it's it's a sports movie, mm. except it's not a sports movie. Mm. So the, the the arc of it is about uh, this former high school basketball star, played by Affleck, mm. who basically gets invited or begged effectively yeah. to come back and coach his high school basketball team. Right, the 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 team for the school at which he was a champion. Yeah, and it doesn't take long to work out that was that was basically his last moment of greatness. Yep. So 20 odd years Faded high school sports star. Now an alcoholic. Works in construction. So far so normal. Drives drives to drives to the job each day. Yeah. Sipping from his uh his his slurpy cup. Mm-hmm. He's drinking his uh I think it's vodka. He's yeah, necking okay. there. That's good cuz you can't smell vodka. Yeah, yeah. A very popular drink has for it, the has alcoholic. It, he has it with his lunchbox yep. as he's up on the on the the metal girders mm. high above oh. the city. <laughs> And sips away during the day. Yep. Then he gets in his car at night and he drives home and he works his way through a slab of beer. My father didn't like me very much. And someone told him I was good at basketball. And he paid a lot more attention to me. And I realized it wasn't me that he loved. 
It was what I could do. I spent a lot of time hurting myself trying to hurt my father. I never picked up a basketball again. This guy is a mess. Yeah. And it, it's... Or he's in a band. <laughs> there is no band. There's no band in this film? There is no band. Because, you know, construction worker, Indian policeman, you yeah. know, you can yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. what yeah. kind of band we could yeah, put together yeah. here. Why? <laughs> anyway, he is he is a mess. And, mm. uh, and so... You know the the story, and the, and the team is a mess as well. So yeah. there's this story of can he redeem the team, mm-hmm. and in the process, can he redeem himself or find With some the sort love of redemption? Of a good woman. Uh, no, not really. Oh, no. Okay, no, that's I'd good. Have to say, that's good. I'd, I'd have to say that although, um, as I was watching it, I was mm-hmm. going, oh, "This is going to be the bit where he he gets on his uh, on his feet again, and this is going to be the bit where he has the relapse, and this is going to be the bit where blah blah blah." And mm. it sort of did those things, yeah. pretty yeah. much as you'd expect. So it is kind of you know by the yeah. book to a degree, but it also resisted the most sort of overt sort of uh, temptations to go into familiar territory. Yep. Yeah. It it carved a, 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 a path that I would say is not blindingly original, mm. but it was convincing and mm-hmm. powerful okay. and uh, pretty compelling. And I think the thing that really drives it is that you're watching Ben Affleck yeah. at his most raw playing a character who would I'd imagine not be a million miles from Ben Affleck in that this is a guy who's who struggles with alcohol okay. and stuffing up his life yeah. are pretty public, right? Okay, so, I don't I don't know the okay, ben well, Affleck he's, story too he, well. You know, his his marriage to Jennifer Garner ended and he was basically in a terrible, terrible state. He was mm. just just a mess, yeah. Right, and it was very public. And okay. there was that. There was that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this this video that was done at the time of uh, he was doing the press tour for Batman uh, versus Superman. Yeah, and <laughs> there's this famous uh, bit of footage of him being interviewed. He was doing a press junket, and I mm. think it was with Henry Cavill who plays Superman. And they're just sitting there, and Affleck just looks so. Unengaged. Yeah, he just—he's just like out of it. Not—he's not present at all. And some wag took this <laughs> bit of footage and <laughs> laid it over um, <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel's um, "Sound of Silence," and it's just yeah. "Hello, darkness, my old friend." And he's just looking like the most depressed human being on the planet. And it's this we be- can laugh at this. Uh, well, this became you know like a. A thing, a yep. meme, and a meme. it went off and it was a mean meme perhaps. I'm only just getting used to that word and, and I'm barely able to use it correctly in a conversation. Right. So I'm, you feel free to keep using it and it will help me <laughs> maybe one day be able to throw it in a conversation with some youth and, and appear like I know what I'm talking about. Well, anyway, he, mm. it, it was like very famous and, and – it was, I think, fairly representative of where his life was at okay. at that point in time. Right. The guy was in a hole, you know, he okay. was in a very dark place. I, I'm not in the I'm not in the school that says Ben Affleck, terrible human being, terrible actor, terrible director. I think he's got some he's got some some you know, some chops as an actor. He's definitely got some chops as a director mm-hmm. and as a writer. And I think that 
you know, he gets he gets a lot of flack. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, and I I'm, think I'm it's a little a little unfair. His position in the on the yeah. totem pole of well, there are some, there are some people Hollywood there are artists. some people in yeah. the whole realm. People love to hate on them. I, I'll notice it if I notice it at all when it's directed at a female yeah. actress because it's so much. Well, Nicole Kidman cops a lot. That yeah, well, but she also cops yeah. a lot of love, so it's sort yeah. of balanced out. Anne Hathaway is that yeah, one actor Anne Hathaway who, who, a lot. who gets yeah. a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not something I dwell on. Yeah, and Ben yeah. Affleck. I watched him in something. Well, when you he, become the yeah. target, yeah. Andrew Young, I, maybe I already have been. When your fame and fortune yeah. makes you the mm. target, I, that, that's likely. I'm, I do. I am. <laughs> I do have a target type personality, you know. On your back. Yeah. On your back. <laughs> on my is back. a great yeah. big target. Yeah. It's cheap plastic I mean, toys it says and nylon underneath, underpants. but you know, yeah. whatever. Um, oh, anyway. so you're recommending this film? I, I, yeah. I, with yeah, with some reservations. I mean, it, mm. it is it is a film that you know mm. it is familiar. Yeah. If you don't like sports movies, you're not going to love mm. it. Yeah. If you don't like watching Ben Affleck wallow in misery, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to like okay. it. Yep. But if you're up for that. Mm-hmm. And it is – I think as a sports movie, it's pretty good. I mean, the sport is convincing. The basketball is convincing. Yeah. Yeah, the, okay. the trajectory is kind of – it's it's handled pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of – you get game footage and then you'll just get like a, a, a freeze frame and then it'll give the score of the game. Okay. Right? And it just tells you where they are on that journey towards yeah. – being less crap than they were. Okay. And, yeah. and I think it's really efficient and I, Good. I I quite like that. Good. But, you know, it's really – I think it's about the performance. It's about this guy being in the pits mm-hmm. and the journey to something that is not the pits, but it's certainly not the top either, mm-hmm. you know. And it's I think it's it's pretty honest and decent and convincing. So, yeah. Okay. That's the way back. The way back. D- delighting in others' m- misfortune mm. or enjoying seeing people um, – Put their foot in their mouths or make mistakes. Uh, You're is, a fan of the Schadenfreude, are you? Well, you know, I've been a close observer of the royal family for oh. <laughs> all my life. Yes. All my life. When I talk about the royal family, I'm talking about the Sachs, Coburg, Gotha, Battenberg um, of the royal family, if you know what I mean. Our German friends. If you know what I mean, yes. Well, I was delighted to pick up a copy of a book that I had known about. It's only come out recently. Look, I've got to say, Hello Magazine, it's not a book. No. Okay. (laughs) Good point. Good point. This book is called Mum, Darling, and it is uh, 99 chapters about... Her Royal Highness, the Princess Margaret, Mm. which is very important because she is not Her Serene Highness, Mm. even Her Most Serene Highness, like Mm. her her grandma, Queen Mary. She's not kind of highness now. No, but she is royal, and that completely dominated her life and made her the object of much cruel humour, jokes, um, and made her miserable. Her, the, uh, she grew up with a sense of expectation of being the most important person, which of course she wasn't because her sister is the mm. most important person and her sister was good and nice and kind and dutiful, whereas she was wicked and naughty and enjoyed the company of... Uh, Louche, the young Demi Mond. Yeah, Louche young men, Louche young women, people of all ages and stripes. Fond of a tipple. Fond of a tipple. Her butler wrote a book about her in the 60s that was 
banned in England. The Queen really? Mother got an injunction and a, sp- a special notice put on it in not, I don't think it was the High Court, it was another court which had the book banned. Of course, in America, it sold like handsomely. <laughs> and this, like so many royal biographies, this, this butler's book was full of hagiography and adoration and moist uh, observations. It was, it, 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 uh, the, this book uh, by Craig Brown. Mom, darling. Does, I, I just want to. Yes. I just want to ask. You know how yeah. on um, everything that gets the royal seal of approval, yeah. it gets uh, by yes. by appointment. By appointment. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if something gets the royal seal of disapproval, it gets by disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> this the the, the 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 treacly observations and the creepy when he when he when the butler lists all the items on her dressing table and it's. One of those weird voyeuristic kind yeah. of uh, um, the John Fowles book collector, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. similar kind of greasiness. Um, but he also gives you a, a rundown on how her day begins, which usually begins with two hours of lying in bed, smoking cigarettes, and reading the paper before she has a, a Bloody Mary or, or, a, or a vodka mm. and orange to pick, and it goes on from there. It could be said she is one of the most useless members of the royal family, yeah. but it'd be hard to, to really get a, a, a chart out to find who yeah. who the more useful who the more useful member of the royal family is. The unfortunate thing is that she had nothing to do. She had no interest yeah. other than making people feel uncomfortable and using her status as a way to um, uh, berate people of, of her, uh, whether aristocratic or, 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 or simple or, or peasant or So common. have you just read this book? Yeah. 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 So we, we talked recently uh, about yeah. The Crown Season 3. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, talked, yes, yes. We talked about Helena Bonham Carter's to talk about, well, the, the portrayal. Yeah. It sounds like it's pretty accurate. No, I think they go really easy. On, oh, really? Yeah. I, 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 by by I mean, manner of, by manner of researching for this this podcast, I had a quick little look at the uh, one with the younger woman, yeah. I don't know her actress's name, who plays her, and you know around the time of the group captain Peter yeah, yeah. Townsend business, and then a, a bit of the Hel- Helena Bonham Carter, and that that show goes very very easy on her. Why do you do this, Mummy? Why do you all do this? Why do you always, always take a side? This is my birthday party. And when I tell you that my husband is out of the country, betraying me with another woman, instead of supporting me and condemning him, you just sit here praising him to the sky. My family, my own flesh and blood, my birthday. Uh, this this book, while it might seem like its intention is to ridicule, mock, and attack Princess Margaret, which it is, it also somehow makes you feel sorry for her as well. Her husband, um, Lord Snowden, was so cruel and nasty and mm. mean to her, almost gaslighting her. You really certainly feel tremendous sympathy in, in that instance. Though at the same time, she would invariably arrive anywhere where there was dinner to be served four hours afterwards, at which point no one's allowed to eat until she eats. No one's allowed to continue right. eating if she stops eating. 
writing. Right. Only one person ever took that up to her, and that was George Harrison from the Beatles. Right. Who she turned up at a, a post. Maybe it was help. It was a, you know a party after the premiere of the film. Unexpected because she loved, as I said, the dim one. She loved to hang around with artists and dancers and filmmakers and so on. Always pulling rank whenever it suited her, but also trying to encourage a sort of matiness because she yeah. liked to sing and play the piano badly from time to time. And George Harrison goes up and says, "Look, we can't eat until you've gone." No one had ever said this to her before. Really? Yeah, it was maybe 10 or 11. It was after the she film. She knew, though. I mean, this of course, wasn't being pointed course out she, to her for the oh, first no, time. No, no, no. She, she knows called that on no it. one can sit until she sits. No yeah. one can leave. If she wants to stay up drinking and carousing till four in the morning, everyone has to stay. No really? one's allowed to go to bed. No. That's no. like at my house. Yeah. It's a, it's a good system if you're if you're an enjoyable person to hang out with. But yourself and Princess Margaret, I think, are <laughs> really straining friendships. She strained many, many friendships. Uh, however, she... Unlike in any other instance where anybody's ever either tried to challenge her or say something she didn't want to hear, said, "Well, we better run." I'll see. And she goes. Her and right. uh, her and Tony, Lord Snowden, they go, and the Beatles and all their friends get to eat. And rarely did anybody say anything or stand up to her. It's hilarious. This book, it is hilarious. A lot of it is from observations from people who've worked for her. And a lot of it is from her very best friends who, being artistic people, all would race home every night and get into their diaries and write, and write it all down, down. Everything, every bitchy every little observation. Every single nasty observation. <laughs> uh, Cecil Beaton, in particular, was so nasty. And, well, there's a surprise. And, but but there's, there's, I don't think there's a single woman in his diaries who isn't, doesn't go in for the Cecil Beaton treatment, which yeah. is really, really cruel and unkind. Not in, a man in every, who particularly liked women I'd no I'd no no he's not a man who 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 liked women in any sense of the word but loved royalty and this is the mm. strange thing mm. these obsequious men be mm. they poets playwrights photographers painters they had some weird transformation in the presence of, of, of royalty and and would just lose themselves sympathetic sycophants sitting near them sit to get on the boat to go to the dinner to have the drink and yeah. it's it's odd and strange and it's delicious it's a, a very enjoyable book in in analyzing royal biographies of which there are uh, probably millions uh, the author Craig Brown says if they're so ordinary why are they so special cuz the Biographies often like to point out or, the, no, no, the, or royal, the royals. If the royals are so yeah. ordinary, as biographies are constantly yeah, telling yeah, us yeah. how they like to have sausages and put leftovers in Tupperware, and if they're so special, mm. then why are they so ordinary? Mm. Because they disappoint on an intellectual level, on an artistic level, on a moral level. Obviously, there's pretty much no level where the royal family hasn't disappointed, and it's not a disappointment to read this book about Princess Margaret. The question. Mom, darling. The question mm. is so easy to answer, though, isn't it? Mm. If they're so special, why are they so ordinary? If they're so ordinary, why are they so special? Mm. It's all to do with the role. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with their personal characteristics. Mm. I mean, the role is special, yeah. and they fill that role either better or worse than the, the next person. Than the next person, yeah. yeah. Or the previous person. And in the case of Elizabeth, and, and, and I think the Crown mm. does a very good job of making yep. that Evident. I mean, yep. it it is a study of yes of her and mm-hmm. her siblings, but it is really a study of the the function, the mm-hmm. role, mm-hmm. and uh, and her 
sacrifice and, and, and duty. That's and right. Sense and what of, it does to the individual mm. to actually try to fulfil that yeah. notion of what it means to be the crown, mm. not just wear the crown, but to be the crown. Yeah. What you, what you know, one embodies. And, yeah. And well, I think I think that's what probably the greatest strength of that of that series yeah. is that yeah. it does that. It has a, it has a great understanding this thing, the mm. crown, as uh, you know, you know, something that confers privilege to some yeah. degree, but really... Well, it's interesting because what I think... It's not about privilege, ultimately. ...illuminates, if you've been paying any attention over the last 30 or 40 years, is that a lot of... I don't mean you personally... You know, I'm not having a go at you. Of course you've been paying attention. You don't... Carry on, you carry on. What's going on. It illuminates the fact that so many of the lesser and younger members of the royal family f- bristle at the fact that while they have privilege, they have no power mm. and in a world where celebrities are so thick on the ground, mm. their status has dwindled almost to non-existence and, and to a non-event status and there are many examples of very bad behaviour just based on the fact that don't you know who I am? And often people don't. And mm. even worse, they don't care. Well, I mean, you know, we have – we're living through this moment where mm. two of the – well, where a minor royal yes. – and not that minor, yeah. Harry, yeah. Um, who is, what, sixth in line to the throne. I was going to say eighth, but maybe sixth, yeah. Yeah, I maybe. think sixth. Yeah. Uh, has basically said, well, I've got no chance of actually fulfilling this role. Mm. So what's the point? You know, I'm That's opting what, out. That is one way of looking at his and, reasoning behind and, doing that. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens when his marriage falls apart in three yeah. years. But you know, mm. <laughs> I yeah. did hear uh, Meghan uh, Markle referred to recently yeah. as the degree wife. The degree wife, yes. meaning she for the has last three years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, that's good. Let me tell you a couple more quick things about Princess Margaret that you may or may not know. One is that Peter Sellers imagined himself having an affair with her and right. told people that he was. It's it's not well, considered that he, he actually did, but was on the birthday of one or, or, or other of her and Lord Snowden's children, he was struggling to find a decent, a, a grand enough Christmas present, so he gave the, the daughter his daughter's own pony. He went to the stable, took out his daughter's horse, put it on a float, drove it up to Kensington <laughs> Palace and go... Here you go, Margaret and Tony. I've got a present for your daughter. His daughter obviously had no idea and comes home and spends the rest of her life in tears at her her horse being given away. And another thing, Princess Margaret had nothing to do, had no interests, no no education, no no hobbies. Um, And so she 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 decided to get into crafts. And one of the you know handicrafts, one of the crafts she got into was gluing match boxes to the sides of whiskey tumblers so she could light a cigarette which she was constantly smoking chain smoking lighting a cigarette without having to put down a drink which several of which were found dotted around the palace but they didn't they didn't take off as an objet de art or function but I urge anybody who delights in this grand family that we have uh, to pick up a copy of Craig Brown's book Mom Darling Another film I want to talk about, mm. Queen and Slim. Have you seen saw the any trailer trailers? For it. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. Ca- yeah. Take your fancy. It it looked like a film that was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> meaning what? Well, meaning like you know what's going to happen. Uh, it, it, that's how it looked. I could be wrong. Okay. But it looked like a very unfortunate series of events that is that we see on the news 
I, if we ever see any American news, this is the kind of thing we often see, and it's terrible. And I don't mean the films. I mean it's yeah. a terrible situation that these two people find themselves in. Very upsetting. It's a it's a fictional tale. Yep. So we should start by saying that. And finally, about, and it's, <laughs> finally, it starts with uh, a, a, an African American couple on a on a Tinder date. Mm. It's not going very well. Mm-hmm. And it's really coming to an end. Yep. And he asks her, he's played by Daniel Kalua, who mm-hmm. people will know from Get Out, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And he asks her, and she's played by Jodie Turner-Smith, who is English-born, like Daniel Kalua. Oh, okay. But American-raised. Uh, um, he asks her, is there going to be a second date? And she says no. Can I ask you something? I don't know. Can you? Easy. I know good grammar. Do you? We're not in the classroom. Are you going to ask me your question or not? What took you so long to respond to me? I didn't realize that much time had passed. I sent you a very well-crafted message three weeks ago. I spell-checked and everything got crickets. Then today, out of the blue, you hit me up asking if you want to grab dinner. What changed? Normally, I would go home and have a glass of wine by myself, but I didn't feel like being alone. Not tonight. You didn't have any friends or family you can call? No. So you turned to Tinder. Yeah. What made you pick me? I liked your picture. What? You had this sad look on your face. I felt sorry for you. Damn. Then they get pulled over by the police, mm-hmm. and or a, a policeman, and uh, and it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. And she gets shot in the leg by right. the copper, and she. Uh, he then he basically wrestles with the copper, gets the gun off him, mm-hmm. and shoots him dead. Yep. Right. So at that point, they have they have a choice about mm. whether they turn themselves in and over to the justice system, and goodness knows how that might turn out. Although yep. I think we might have a fair idea, yep. or whether they go on the lamb and they yep. choose to go on the lamb, and uh, it then becomes this kind of slightly. I mean, it would be wrong to say. It's a black Bonnie and Clyde because mm-hmm. they don't go on a shooting spree. No, right, no. But it is a, a Bonnie and Clyde in the sense that they become kind of folk heroes. Mm-hmm. They they garner support and attention. The Badlands, and, the Terrence Malick film, like Badlands. Yes, exactly. Like it's a that. bit like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there's never any any sort of question about whether they're good guys or bad guys. They're, they're just, always very much like they're trying to avoid trouble mm, and and trouble that's how finds it comes them. Yeah. yeah, and I, I it, look, it's a little bit uneven in places. There yeah. are the, some some of the acting's a little bit wobbly. Some of the um, uh, some of the f- footage is a little bit kind of you go kind of go. Oh, how did that get in? That looks like the the shot that shouldn't have been in the film. It should have been left on the cutting room floor because mm. the camera works all over the place or the resolution's terrible or whatever it might be. It's just like mm. a couple of little moments where you kind of go. It, it feels like a film that was made a little bit sort of on the smell of an oily rag, although I don't think it was that low budget, but it, it's got that, that kind of vibe about it. But it's just got such compelling kind of narrative strength yep. and its heart and its head as well, I mm. think, is absolutely in the right place. Yeah, yeah. And there's some some just 
gorgeous, gorgeous scenes, including this really extended sequence in a blues club. Yep. There's just this like little shack where yeah. the blues music is going on, and it's where they really, for the first time, they realise that they're actually th- they're bonded. Okay. They're bonded by circumstance, and they're bonded by the fact that they've come to know each other and understand what each other has to offer. Not the love of the blues. Not the love of the blues, no. although no. it doesn't okay. hurt. That Certainly dirty, doesn't. swampy blues, doesn't it hurt doesn't hurt. The, the Delta Blues. You know, the Baptists were onto something when yeah. they said, you know, <laughs> dancing might lead to sex. And so. Anyway, it's uh, it's a really, really interesting film, mm. and mm. I, I reckon it's worth catching. What's something, Carl, and I, I want to get the pronunciation right. I didn't make any notes because I know you don't like me making notes. Note to self, be no, more forgiving note to of self, Andrews. Be more forgiving note-taking. of Andrews, note-taking. Mm. Giri Haji. Have you heard of this? Girihaji? Yeah. No. What is it? Okay. It's also called in English Duty Shame. And and I'll just tell you quickly some of the people that are in it and I'll tell you what it's about. Takahiro Hiro plays a detective called Kenzo Mori. Okay. And I'm what's starting that, to feel this might be Japanese. What's that lovely Scotswoman? Kelly McDonald. Kelly McDonald. And she's in it also. And right. um, uh, I, t- I mentioned two Japanese c- men because they're big stars. Uh, Yosuke Kubozuka plays Yuto. Now, Yuto and Kenzo are brothers. Okay. Kenzo is a cop. Yuto is a small scale wide boy who, you know. Where is it set? It's set in both Japan and England. Okay. Okay. It's an eight part series that is a thriller that involves uh, Yuto disappearing and Kenzo as a police officer being suggested as the man to try and find him because while everyone thought he was dead, it appears he's turned up in London and murdered someone with connections to the Yakuza. Right. So the Not poli- a good career move, I would no, have thought. No, the police want him, the Yakuza want him. Also, he's working for a, a, a London mob and uh, they also – he becomes – Yuto becomes somebody who everybody wants. Now, pretty quickly when Kenzo arrives in, in London, he finds him. He doesn't want to send him back. The calls backwards and forwards to the office, have you found him? Oh, no, I've got some leads. I've got some – he meets a young bloke called Rodney who's a Japanese, English, half Japanese, half English guy who is a, a sex worker and a drug addict right. who can help him find a few people, but he also has his own problems. He's hilarious. He's played by Will Sharp. He has a lot of charisma. Will Sharp has also written something that I've seen a couple of episodes of called Flowers, which has Julian Barrett from The Mighty Bush and Olivia Coleman from Everything. And that's oh. hilarious. Ollie Collie. Yeah, mm. that's hilarious. But this is a interesting show. It's got lots of violence. There's some great scenes. The family situation at Kenzo's house isn't good. Him and his wife don't seem to be on the most intimate of terms. Plus, his parents are living in their little flat with them constantly criticising the way she's bringing up her surprisingly sullen, miserable and aggro teenage daughter who runs away and goes to London to find her dad and it becomes messy and complicated. There's a lot of violence. It's also funny, but there are times when there's this sort of romantic development that that I feel is almost there just because it's there rather than really helping out with any of the interesting or exciting parts of the story. There's a scene at the very, 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 very end of the show that if I could burn it from my retina and my brain, I would. It's at the most 
tense part, the most, you know, like the real climax, and all of a sudden it becomes a scene from La La Land, which I have to say I could only watch like the first 20 seconds of before I had to turn it off. I loved La La Land. I couldn't bear, I just, oh, God. But all of a sudden every person who has been in the show so far starts doing a slow-motion dance on a rooftop for no reason. This is it goes the to very end of this the entire series. This is the very end of the whole entire series. There's right. maybe five minutes left to go. And all of a sudden it's time – It's not a post-credit sequence? Uh, 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 it's actually, no, 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 this no, no. is actually it's the ending of the series. Five, I'm not going to – I'm going to say five minutes. I might be seven. Yeah. I might be four. Yeah. But right at the absolute – ultimate climax of the show everything stops so frame freezes it goes into this weird black and white grey tone and it becomes this ballet of every character that's been in the show does a ballet that is either I couldn't look at it I was trying to fast forward it but my fast forwarding system can't let me see so I don't want to miss what I'm hoping will be the real important that that is either the boldest or the most Mm. insane creative decision I've ever heard of it is bizarre man it is bizarre uh, it's it's it, every time you think you've got this show summed up, something weird happens. Yeah, you apart from that, for the good. Okay, right. something right, right, right. weird happens for the good. It's it's not great, but it's some very interesting thing. Kelly McDonald's character Sarah, I think her name is. She's a police officer who has just had another police officer put in prison or recently for a form of harassment uh, uh, and he's 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 out and nobody tells her all the cops in her office won't talk to her because she you know informed on this good bloke who everybody loves he turns up at the station they all go down to the pub for a drink and everybody's his mate again and she's absolutely horrified that what the, this man has done is now being celebrated with his release and all the blokes down there having Beers and and the women as well, strange things like that, which aren't necessarily directly related to the fact: Are we going to find the brother? Are we going to send Yuto back to either face the consequences with the cops or the yakuza? And there's lots of yakuza families vying, so there's a big power struggle while this is all happening. It's a lot of exciting things, a lot of funny, violent, interesting things. If you've got a high tolerance for things that are annoying, which I don't, then you can watch this, and there'll be little bits that you'll go, Ah, it's okay. That's going to end. The good stuff's going to come in a sec. Um, it's it's I'm going to say it's worth watching if you're saying oh I haven't got anything to watch what am I going to watch on Netflix oh this looks good I think you'll like it so it's on Netflix it's on Netflix okay Ben Chessel yes who's the director of some of the episodes of yes. this I've just looked this up on yeah. uh, IMDb IMDb Oh, is that how you say it? IMDb. All these years I've been saying IMDb. Carl has IMDb private. Well, we pro, just have the regular pro, IMDb. He's got, his, he's got his special <laughs> access IMDb, finds out all the stuff that we can't find IMDb out. IMDb elite. Uh, <laughs> I, I, found, I found this on IMDb uh, prol. Yeah, and, okay, uh, just the regular one yeah, that I use. Just the regular one, yeah. Good. Uh, ben Chessel is mm-hmm. actually Australian. Next, you just uh, reminded me of something when I was saying about expectations and how sometimes you think the worst thing's going to happen and fortunately it doesn't and you kind of go oh that's good I was really worried that that was going to happen when you're watching some kind of thriller type show you often let off the hook right for your sensibility's sake I just watched a Black Mirror directed by John Hillcoat also an Australian director is uh, 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 thank you Carl is an Australian director and he's not necessarily known for letting you off the hook certainly not when it comes to the gruesome and the ghastly Ghosts of the Civil Dead yes Um, and uh, the proposition did you direct the proposition? Uh, yes, yeah. the proposition. Yeah. So this is called Crocodile. It's one of the. It's not the latest one. It's about four, four behind. I'm a bit behind on the old Black Mirrors. It's great. It's really good. It's about something happens completely by accident and the decisions you make and how they come back. 
for you and how you have to choose which way you're going to go when you make a decision like that. And it doesn't let you off the hook and it is very uncomfortable mm. and unpleasant in in the, the final summing up. It's not, not an enjoyable thing to watch, but at the same time, it's well made, it's well directed, the design is incredible. It, it, it's incredible to look at. Acting is great, the script is tight, the characters are believable, some of them even likeable, and it's, it's, it's great. It's just great. But you need to have uh, some strength and girding in your loins to watch this one. So, Andrew, clearly you've mm. renewed your Foxtel subscription. Is that in anticipation <laughs> of being uh, quarantined with uh, coronavirus? Well, that's interesting because, as as the, the listeners know, I am now on the NBN and I believe we get three months free Foxtel with ah, this. Do you? That we are not going to activate until the footy season. Right. Because that's the only reason. you. Oh, no, there's something else. There's one thing on Foxtel that's really good. but can't remember what it is, but otherwise it's the footy season. Well, Succession. You've got to watch Succession. Okay. All right. Uh, the Outsider is amazing. The Stephen King series. Okay. It's fantastic right. with Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I like him. Um, and uh, oh, there's probably a few other things. Mm, mm. Uh, Avenue 5, the Amanda Iannucci um, okay. space comedy. Oh, yeah. That yeah, actually yeah. looked – yeah, have yeah, you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks all right. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. it funny? Yeah, I've only I've only seen a bit of it. I want to. I need to catch up. His stuff makes me laugh like a yeah. drain. Anyway, you know? this, the, like yeah, this, yeah, there good. is stuff there. There's stuff there, good, but not just I, AFL. Look, I think me. I think holding off, <laughs> holding. If you, if you don't feel the need to be part of the water cooler conversation, I mean, frankly, there is no water cooler no. conversation anymore because people are just watching whatever, whenever. People come to me for the conversation because good I know Lord. all the answers to the quiz. Ah. No one wants. There's a bunch of people who want to talk about married at first sight, and they are at one end of the room. Yeah. The others are all. Just is, this, is this metaphorical room or this is an actual room? Actual this is room, the pub big, quiz, the trivia night. No, 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 no. I'm talking about at work. Right. At the lunch room. Right, Everyone has right. lunch. The few times that I'm there, because I'm very busy during those periods, people are just marveling at my wisdom and answering the Herald Sun and age quiz answers. And so that's where the conversation begins. As How do you know that? And, well, let me tell you a funny story. And as do I yep. marvel at your wisdom yes. every time we come together here, yes. Andrew Young. Yes. <laughs> And I reckon until next time, yes. that'll do us. Okay. 